You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 33, covering Plato's stepchildren and Wink of an Eye. Remember... Remember a few weeks ago when I kept going on and on about season three, about how terrible season three was, and then we started watching it and it's like, hey, the Interpreser, that's not so bad. Hey, uh, the, the, um, the Tholian web, that's pretty great. What's Maybe there's actually a lot of good episodes in season three. Yeah. Hey, Al, what are you complaining about? Jesus, this is good. I mean, okay, Spock's brain was bad, but like, look, you can get a couple of misfires in a season and that'll be fine. Yeah, but we're ten episodes in, and I would argue maybe five of them have been good to great. Mm. So, you know, it certainly not does not deserve the uh, the, uh, the the reputation that has gotten until now. Yeah, and then this crawled up and bit us on the nuts. Yes, it did. Um, also, uh, you know how I occasionally say, "Oh, well, Matt got the bad episode this week. That's just the luck of the draw." Yeah, I'm not I'm not making any apologies anymore, one way or the other, because uh, this makes up for all that. <laughs> This makes up for you getting, uh, you drew Spock's brain, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And, um, well, I got the apple. Actually, yeah. I've gotten the really, really terrible one, because, uh, until, uh, until now, the apple has been the, the, uh, the crown jewel of horrible Star Trek, but, uh, no, this one takes the cake. Ugh. Friends, let me tell you about Plato's stepchildren. You know what? No offense to Matt, but I'm the boss of this podcast. At the very least, I'm the co-boss. So I'm going to exercise that power and refuse to summarize this episode. Nope, not going to do it. I'm going to put this bucket over my head and bang on it for three minutes instead, which is a rough approximation of what I felt watching this. Here I go! Oh, all right. Fine. So the Enterprise goes to a planet whose inhabitants, the Platonians, base their society on the ancient Greeks. Or maybe they are the ancient Greeks, as they sort of imply with some not very clever math. It doesn't matter. The point is, somebody realized that they could throw together pieces of the sets from Breads and Circuses and Whom Wards for Adonais and create an entirely new and original planet we've never seen before. Oh, and the foppish Greek dandies have godlike mental powers because why the hell not? Also, there is a midget. I realize that's not entirely politically correct, but uh, this was 1969, and I'm just too damn angry to respect any part of this horrible mess of an episode anyway. Now, here is the one single plot point in this entire 50-minute clusterfuck of an episode. The Plutonians don't have a doctor, so they ask Bones to stay. Kirk won't let him, so the Plutonians torture him and Spock, and later Chapel and Uhura, until Bones gives in. Seriously, that is an accurate summary of the entire plot of this episode, apart from the final resolution at the end. It's the only thing that actually happens. The rest of the time, we see everyone hamming it up as they're forced to sing awful songs and do horrible little dances, and no, I'm not making any of this up. Kirk and Spock do a little Tweedledee and Tweedledum number, which should have been the funniest thing we've ever seen, but it actually made us angry. All of this made us angry. It just, it wouldn't end. Finally, and I have never meant the word finally more strongly than I do now, finally, Bones works out that there's something in the food on this planet that gives them their awful mental powers. So he injects Kirk and Spock with it. They fight back and leave. The end. Oh, and here is the very worst thing about this episode, as if you didn't already have enough reasons to want to burn Desilu to the fucking ground, if it still even exists, which I kind of hope it doesn't. <laughs> Plato's Stepchildren is famous for featuring the first interracial kiss on primetime American television. Which, okay, good. In and of itself, this is a noble, progressive thing. We like it when Star Trek does this stuff. 
Except it happens because the Platonians force Kirk to kiss Uhura, clearly against both of their wills. So great. America's first white man kisses a black woman moment is effectively a third-party date rape. Allegedly, a bunch of Southern TV affiliates refused to air this episode, ostensibly because of the kiss in question. I'd rather believe they screened the episode, saw what a horrible piece of garbage it was, and said, you know, we'd rather run back-to-back Andy Griffith reruns than that. This fucking episode. Oh, God. Ugh. It was just, it was really the worst of all worlds. It was everything we hate about bad episodes all in one. Everything bad and dumb and stupid about Star Trek is in this fucking episode, just piled on top yep. of itself. And it, We got another planet that's just like Earth. We got more omnipotent god beings. Yep. We got everyone kind of acting out of character. It's just, it's, it's all the bad Star Trek in one. Yeah, the worst of the stupid, like, goofy crap. Uh, not fun either like in, in that Harry Mudd episode in season 2 um, we loved it when everyone started acting silly yeah. to, uh, to confuse the androids that was fun yeah but this was not this was just oh it was like a fucking fever dream and not a it, good it, fever dream like when you feel shitty yeah it's a lot like um, Star Trek 4 was intentionally funny mm-hmm. and it was it, it succeeded and then Star Trek 5 they saw that funny worked and they tried it again and it was terrible mm-hmm. It feels a bit like that. It feels a bit like someone saw, hey, the, we, we had the actors kind of acting out of character and doing nonsense. Let, let's give that another try. That was fun, only they didn't get it right this time. Yeah, this is the equivalent of watching Scotty walk into a pipe over and over again for an hour. Uh, so bad. Oh, my I, God. I, I just... Uh, there was nothing. There was there was maybe one tiny thing that I thought was okay, mm. which was... um. I, and really, this is it. This is the only kind of cool thing I could think of. There, there's a bit where they make Chapel, they force her, like this this whole date rape thing, like I was saying, force her to kiss Spock. And in the right hands, in like in a good writer's hands, that would have been a cool like scene. Yeah. Because she's been sort of quietly agonizing over Spock in the back for, you know, since season one. Mm. It would have been great to, oh God, not like this, but no, it was handled poorly. Uh, just, just not good. Well, we, we really need to articulate I know. why we hate this. We can't just... We can't I know, just I know. Okay, first of all, the fact that they need Dr. McCoy, the only reason this episode exists, is because is not because they need yep. a doctor, because they don't. They just think it would be a good idea to, ha- to have one. I think it would be fun to kidnap a doctor. <laughs> and then we spend an entire fucking episode just like, hey, you should be stay and be our doctor. No, all right, well, here's some shit happening to your friends. Stay and be our doctor. No, all right, well, here's some more shit happening to your friends. It- I mean, <laughs> not exaggerating, that sequence, that, that back and forth that Matt just described to you happened for 30 of the 50 minutes. No kidding. We got the setup where we came to the planet and heard the exposition, and then we had the, the uh, you know the resolution at the end, but the middle two-thirds of the episode was just Yeah, that. it's like the argument in Spock's brain, but without the riveting plot. <laughs> Only, um, you know, giving Shatner all kinds of excuses to just ham it up and chew up the scenery, mm-hmm. but not in a fun way. Not in, like, say, Gangster Planet, where he's clearly having fun and it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's, I get to roll around on the ground? Awesome, I love doing that! I, I get to read snippets of Shakespeare? Good, I can remind people that I'm a serious actor. Remember that, guys? Remember how serious an actor I am? God! <clears throat> yeah, so terrible. There's a point where, um... Where, which one, I guess it's Spock, is forced to uh, dance around and almost step on Kirk's head. Yep. 
Do I have the positioning right? Is it Kirk on the floor? No, it's, it, it's uh, Kirk on the floor and Spock's doing like a little tap dance. And they do this close-up where his feet, like he, uh, right, right by his head, like he might just step on his friend's head. And and part of me just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. And then do me. Ugh. Just come on. <laughs> please, just jam the nose right up into my brain. Yep. Just end me, please. <laughs> there was, um... There, the whole, like, sort of foppish Greek guys going, and, and there must be kissing and ass-grabbing, <laughs> and I demand at least sack on base. <laughs> it just, it reminded us of that Venture Brothers episode. The, uh, uh, episode uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> then we started talking <laughs> about that instead. Yeah, talking about a show we like that we would much rather be watching. <laughs> and listen, this is Star Trek. We love Star Trek. We've committed to making this many-year podcast uh, because we love it so much it can't stop talking yep. about it. But this just made us so. Uh, the, this, I don't know if I would go this far, but I would almost rather watch Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because at least if if this same plot happened there, it wouldn't be happening to characters. No, I, I would enjoy watching this happen to Scott Bakula. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, seriously, uh, I, I yeah. was talking a couple of weeks ago, or might have been last week, when we were watching like one of the good episodes. And it sort of occurred to me, this is what, like, you know, this is why I watch Star Trek. This is why we do a podcast about it. This is the episode that makes me go, why am I, why did I devote myself to doing this? Yeah. And we haven't quite turned the corner where it really, we really got to the point where it's like, why do we do this? This is work. This isn't fun. Oh, God. But if the entire series was like this, we wouldn't no. be doing this. There have to be episodes like the Tholian Web, like the Doomsday Machine, like Trouble with Tribbles, or this would not be worth yeah. it. If we showed up every week and it was just this, no. Actually, actually, if the show was this every week, it would be lost in space. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I just, I feel, I also feel like, and we've mentioned this in the context of, of different episodes, sometimes we get a picture, I think we said this about the yeah. Apple, actually. Sometimes we get a picture of what Star Trek is like in our heads before we really sat down and actually watched yeah. it. You think, oh, it's a boring show where they go to these stupid planets every week and blah, 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 you know, melodramatic. And you and you kind of dismiss the whole show based on what your idea of it is. And and this is kind of like that. This is what you think Star Trek is when you before you yeah. watch it. And one of the things we need to tell you is don't watch this. Watch, you know... Like, like, like I've been saying, the Tholian Web is, is up there as my favorite at this point, and I think Matt likes the Doomsday Machine. Yep. You know, watch one yep. of those. So, or, you know what? Do anything. Paint your house. Walk the dog. Spend more time <laughs> with the family. Have you seen them lately? What are your parents doing? Do anything. Use this yep. time to make your life better. Work on that novel you've been thinking of. Do, do anything. <laughs> do not watch yeah, this if, fucking episode. If you're making a... Uh, if you're making like a list, like an episode guide, like if you if you want to watch Star Trek, just yeah, avoid this one. Just uh, do one of those things Matt suggested during this hour, and then return and watch Wink of an mm-hmm. Eye, which uh, which is what Matt drew. And uh, you want to do? Do we want to get mad at this one a little more, or do we want to? Um, I think that's all our plot po- uh, po- plot points. He said, uh, inserting the quote marks, but ugh. <laughs> now I, I had a few talking points here. My final one is seriously fuck this episode right up. Oh its my total. god, Matt, why don't you take us to Wink All of right. an Eye, please? So the Enterprise responds to a distress signal from Planet Skeleton, but upon arriving, finds that nobody is in fact home. 
All they can hear is a faint insect-like buzzing noise, possibly the sound of Vincent Price begging to be freed from a spider web. Kirk, bummed out by not getting to meet any of the cute honeys he saw in the distress message, is about to return to the Enterprise when Ensign straight out of Compton disappears while smearing himself with water samples. My suspicion that he is also the Ensign who brought Rattler's Syndrome to the Enterprise in the Naked Time will be further discussed in my upcoming Trek novel, The Naked Eye. Kirk and friends return to the Enterprise where things are amiss. Stuff in the medical lab is going missing. The familiar insect-like buzzing has returned, and there's a weird device attached to the environmental controls. Kirk and Spock examine it, learning that they cannot touch it without shocking themselves. Uh, They learn this by continuing to paw at it long after the time most chimps would have given up. (laughs) Returning to the bridge, everyone stops for a coffee break with an attractive yeoman, and Kirk, in the words of a Hikaru Sulu whom I only wish existed, starts tripping balls. Everyone starts starts slowing down, and the camera dips a bit, like Batman's about to start a fight. Kirk then encounters Vila, queen of the skeletons, who has given him what I can only assume is a reverse roofie designed to make him move incredibly fast so that it's impossible for him to be seen. Kirk heads to environmental engineering and meets the recently vantage Ensign Fuck the Police. Ensign Gangsta Gangsta tries to, ensure Kirk, to assure Kirk that he will enjoy being incredibly fast, but Kirk is having none of it, and beats the hell out of him. Ensign, if it ain't rough, begins aging aging and deteriorating extremely quickly, proving that moving at hyperspeeds can still be lethal, and Kirk mourns the passing of a truly revolutionary hip-hop album. Queen Dila then begins explaining that the skeleton people were poisoned by radiation that hyper-accelerated them. To breed, they need to regularly kidnap people and then speed them up. Uh, The device which has been placed in the environmental control area is there to put the Enterprise into a deep freeze, a concept which doesn't make a lick of sense and takes most of Act 3 to explain. Dila now plans to take Kirk to the planet, but the transporter's busted, and that eats up some more time, so Kirk bangs her instead. Meanwhile, Spock has figured out what the hell has happened to Kirk, and he and Bones develop an antidote. Kirk hyper, or Spock hyper-accelerates himself and meets up with Kirk. Uh, they beat up some skeletons or something, send everyone back to the planet, de-accelerate themselves, and everyone goes home. Something I've, uh, I've wanted to maybe turn into a, a running feature is uh, Matt and I um, write these things and, and share them um, via uh, Google Docs. And every week I have to teach Google Docs some new words uh, in its spell check. <laughs> this week I had to teach it Hikaru and Rufi. <laughs> I just the, the, every week it's like you know what this is kind of funny maybe we should start uh, words of start the week Hikaru <laughs> Rufi. I keep having to teach it Romulan for some reason it just doesn't want to acknowledge Romulan anyway next week um, it will te- you will teach it another one <laughs> we uh, we were still very mad about Plato's stepchildren uh, to the extent that, that this episode while I think it had kind of a cool sci-fi idea at its core yep just we weren't cutting at any slack at all. This is not a terrible episode. I mean, it's not a good episode by any stretch of the imagination. No, but the hyper-acceleration thing is a neat idea. Yeah. The fact that they're they're existing in the same space, but they move so fast you can't perceive them, that's kind of cool, and that's that sort of hard sci-fi stuff that I like. Yeah. The episode does these really neat bits where uh, Kirk and the Queen of the Skeleton People will be talking from... And she's <clears throat> the Queen. Yeah. Like she calls herself Queen. They'll have like a 15-minute scene. Uh, and then we'll cut back to uh, the rest of the crew who are still moving at regular time, and only like a second will have passed. Yeah, that, we see what happens to them in the 15 seconds that pass while the 15 minutes are passing for the yeah. other guys, which is, it's cool, and, and uh, directorially and uh, editing-wise, I think it's carried off really well. Mm-hmm. I think you, you really get a sense of what's supposed to be happening, and it's not a clumsy thing that they need dialogue to explain. You get it after the first time, Yeah, it's like, oh, cool. 
there's also a neat moment where uh, Kirk fires a phaser at her and she just oh, sort yeah. of steps aside. And it looks really cool. And I've seen this episode uh, on like unenhanced, and I remember that being cool originally. Like, mm-hmm. I think most of these effects we're talking about originated in the like in, in the initial '60s edit. Like I think they might have cleaned them up, yeah, for for the Blu-rays. But I don't think there's anything particularly cool added. But I, but uh, yes, yeah, it, it just it's a neat idea. But it's like you say, there's so much power. Oh my god! Like they're seriously Act Three is so much exposition, so much unnecessary yep. exposition. I got it right away. Okay, you guys are moving yeah. really fast. You need to fucking kidnap people to bang. Fine, good, wonderful. But they spend so much time going over it. Yep. It's like, well, this is what hyperacceleration is. We know what it is. You move fast, and you go. It's it's also it's implied in the name first. Yes, of all. but okay, we're uh, we're enlightened twenty first century guys who grew up watching nothing but sci fi. So you know maybe maybe you should slow it down for people in the late sixties who might not be able to piece that yeah. together, but not for twenty minutes. Oh God. Yeah, this this episode sort of ironically felt like we had been hyper deaccelerated, yeah. <laughs> like we were watching five minutes of plot happen for for, for know, an hour. For an hour. <laughs> yeah. The the thing is, this this seems to be something we keep coming back to. It's kind of a pattern. The episodes we like the least are the ones where there's just so little plot. Yeah. No, we really like the stuff that's packed full of stuff. Yeah. Like, Whereas, totally in the web. Fifteen things going on at one time. Oh, my God. I so love This that. episode, but, but one here, thing going on forever. I mean, and it's still exemplified best in uh, Spock's brain. Mm-hmm. Where, you, yes, no, yes, no. I mean, it's it's like that, only it plays out a little differently each yeah. time. But it's essentially the Come same on, thing. Come on, give it back! One character has, you know, one motivation, the other one has a conflicting motivation, and then it's just yes and no back uh-huh. and forth for an hour. Ugh. Not not good entertainment, No. Folks. It's the, uh, the entertainment equivalent of a slap fight. <laughs> now, if, at least it was if it was the uh, fish slapping dance, that would oh, be... Oh, look, uh, I will drive many miles to see a decent fish slapping dance, and this, oh. sir, was no fish slapping dance. No, but again, I think the problem was if this had been paired up with a good episode, I think we would have cut it a lot more slack. I think we would have been a lot more forgiving because there were some cool things in yeah. here. But because, as you put it, we were thrown down the stairs by Plato's stepchildren. Yeah, we weren't exactly willing to, you know, just go, well, go we had to right climb back, back up to, the yeah. stairs for this one, and we were bruised and hurt, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not work. <laughs> um, Star Trek, you just savagely beat me. That's right. Now I have another episode that you might like slightly better than this one. No, I think I'm going to be mad at you for a while. Yeah, yeah. And what's sad is because um, because we have some stuff going on in our personal lives, we have to record next week's show sooner than usual. Mm-hmm. And I fear the uh, the taint of, of Plato's stepchildren might not have worn off by that point, and we might hate the next dude. Two. The taint of Plato's stepchildren may not have worn off by ne- by next generation. This is a good point. This I now understand why people why people who hate Star Trek hate Star Trek. Yeah. Oh God. If you tuned in and maybe even saw these two episodes back to back, you'd be like, "Well, that one wasn't great. Maybe I'll watch." The- oh God, this is not great either. No. Uh, you did seem fond of that chick's dress. Yeah, that was a really nice dress. The fact that it was missing an entire half might have had something to do with that. Yeah, it looked like kind of a transporter accident. Like the other half of her dress was beamed into the wall. <laughs> she only got the evil half of the dress. Right. No, yeah, that's fine. I mean, and and the problem is as well more sort of behind-the-scenes stuff here, 
we typically try to make these, uh, we do like 15 minute segments on each episode is, is the guideline that I have in my mm-hmm. head. We're, we're hitting the 20 minute point and I don't have anything else to say. Like both of these episodes had so little going on. Yep. I don't want to pad our description. No, that I don't want to do the same thing they did to us. <laughs> I could just say if, if these two episodes are on a certain disc, like if you're getting this from Netflix mm-hmm. and these are on say disc three, I'm just guessing. I don't know what disc they're actually on. If they're on disc three, you know what? Just skip to disc Give it a four. Pass. Just completely take three out of your queue and just go on to the next one because you're really not missing yeah. anything here. Oh, God. Do you have anything else about no. this? No. All right. Um, you know, as a as a uh, person uh, with orange hair, with bright orange hair, I am opposed to the expression uh, redheaded stepchild. I'm not a fan of mm-hmm. that. I would, I would now like to suggest uh, if, if you're ever so angry about something... Uh, that something be beaten like Plato's stepchildren. <laughs> because it certainly deserves it. All right, so... In the future! In the future! Plutonians are available in every corner drugstore, but in 2011, they're a little hard to come by. Thank goodness! <laughs> in, the future, in the future! The ability to move at super speed will not make wordy exposition any faster. In fact, I think the reverse might be true. Okay, for uh, for a quote, I uh, the, you know I could have gone with all the silly stuff that they were doing to try to make us laugh, but uh, I'm not giving it. I'm not dignifying their attempts by by acknowledging them. Instead, I, I went with this one where Spock says what we're all thinking. Captain, it will be very gratifying to leave here. All right, all right. I also take I uh, have a Spock quote this week. Only this is just him making a terrible out of character pun. Just to put a real capper on the whole thing, this is like one of the last things in the episodes. Mr. Spock, my compliments to your repair work and yourself. Thank you, Captain. I found it an accelerating experience. Uh, it doesn't even make any it sense. It doesn't like, make it, any sense. If it wasn't a pun, it just it doesn't it doesn't work. Mm. Also, at least by like Star Trek Six, they figured out to give all the terrible jokes to Chekhov. Yes, where they belong. Yeah. If I could, if I could really edit Chekhov out of Star Trek Six, I think it would be my favorite one. I think I would like it even more than Wrath of mm-hmm. My preference would uh, be to do to go the animated series route and uh, replace uh, Chekhov <laughs> in the entire series with that dude with uh, three arms. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, he's great. Or uh, or the cat. Yeah, lady. she's also good. All right. So, like I say, we could. You know, we're 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 ending a little early this week, but we don't want to pad this out. Mm. We just have nothing else to say yeah. about these two. Hopefully next week will be a little less angry. Oh, God. So that's all from us for this week. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2011. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs> <laughs>